Hey, it's Liz Kelly. I want to tell you about our great football coverage on the Ringer Podcast Network. Every Monday, Bill Simmons and Cousin Sal recap the weekend and guess next week's NFL lines on the BS Podcast. On Wednesday mornings, Ryan Russillo hits the hardest angles in college and pro football on our new podcast, Dual Threat. And on Wednesday nights, Cousin Sal and the Degenerate Trifecta figure out the best gambling angles on Against All Odds. And five times per week, the Ringer NFL show reacts to the latest news with Kevin Clark, Robert Mays, Tate Frazier, Mike Lombardi, and the Danacy football crew. Subscribe to the BS podcast, Dual Threat, Against All Odds, and the Ringer NFL show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is another episode of On Shuffle, and I'm your host, Micah Peters, a staff writer at The Ringer. Great website. And today, well, today I'm kind of finding it difficult to pry myself away from the new Young Thug on the Run EP, but that's not what we're going to be talking about. But we will be talking a little bit about Young Thug with soul singer Leon Bridges, who listens to Young Thug. Surprise! He's also got forearm tattoos, he wears overalls now, he's friends with John Mayer, and he has a second album out called Good Thing. We're going to talk a bit about all of that, and I'm going to be talking to my colleague, Lindsay Zolaz, about some fun things for a change, some music recommendations, particularly the No Name album and Christine and the Queens. Let's get into it. with Leon Bridges, who you might recognize. Well, you should because his debut album, Coming Home, which came out in 2015, was nominated for two Grammys. He also attended President Barack Obama's last birthday celebration at the White House and regularly featured on his playlist on Spotify. He returned with his sophomore album, Good Thing, in May of this year, and he's on the phone with me right now. Leon, how are you doing? I'm great. Thank you. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing all right. Uh, where are you right now and what are you going to be doing 15 minutes from now? Right now I'm in Missoula, Montana and 15 minutes from now I'll be doing another interview, (laughs) um, but also a sound check as well. Yeah. You've been really busy in the middle of this, uh, tour. I can't say that I've personally ever been to Missoula, Montana. What is there to to do there? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this is my second time here, and the first time we had an off day, you know, I didn't really spend time um, hanging out in the city. It was more just hanging in in my hotel, but uh, yeah, I I have no (laughs) concept of what what it's like, you know. So your first album was a little doe-eyed. You said that you had written most of it when you were younger, when you were in Fort Worth, uh, you started out washing dishes. The songwriting was a little more, was filtered through this analog fuzz, and this new one is sexier, for lack of a better word. Like, for instance, Bad Bad News was the most impo- up-tempo thing you've released to date. Like, what did you draw on when you were making it? Well, it, you know, this is, this whole process was uh, about two years, and I had to do a lot of writing and recording 
started out in Fort Worth and, and I felt like I hit a wall creatively. So I took me and, and, and my homies and we went out to, to LA to work with this producer named Ricky Reed. Mm-hmm. And he was definitely a key part in, in helping me bring um, this sound to fruition. So when you say that you hit a wall, were the regular comparisons to it sort of, I mean, your comparisons to like Sam Cooke or Stack Soul Standards, I mean, like, was that something you got tired of? I would, I would imagine that it is. Definitely. You know, I, I just felt like those comparisons and in, in, in the whole 60s R&B sound didn't totally define me. And, you know, as an artist and as a person who has matured and, and, and grown, you know, I just had different things to say lyrically and, and sonically. Right. And you also, you know, on the back of the enormity of coming home success, you saw a lot of the world and you got to experience a lot of different things. You were, I imagine, a, a much different person than you were the two years before. Definitely. And a lot of that is just, you know, a sign of maturity. And, and um, you know, I'm just a way more confident person than I was when I first stepped onto, onto the scene. So when you were in L.A. with Ricky Reed, like, how did you go about finding this new sound of yours? Yeah, well, we, we did a lot of a lot of writing and, and a lot of like experimenting with different sounds, which is, you know, which is reflected within the album. Like every there's so much versatility on there. Um, and that is just like from just writing a bunch. But I think the whole thing was like how to put my own stamp on modern production um and so that was like my approach in the in in this process in your own stamp on modern production say you run into locals in missoula montana and you are listening to maybe you're rolling up at a stoplight with the windows down you're listening to what song and are they surprised that you're listening to that specific song like, what are you listening to right now? Um, I mean, I'd probably, I would probably be bumping Young Thug um, out, from, out of Atlanta. And uh, he's, he's one of my favorite uh, rappers currently. But yeah, they'd probably be shocked at that. Wow. I, I mean, like, Young Thug is also one of my favorite rappers. What, what specific Young Thug song have you been banging the most recently? <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I love, uh, what's that one song? It's, it's, I think it's off his... Well, not his newest project, but the one before that. I think it's called Up. Pretty, pretty awesome. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> the Up record with uh, Lil Uzi Vert, where the music video was sort of like Twin Peaks. I, oh, I, okay, yeah, <laughs> I remember like seeing him post about it on his Instagram, but I, I haven't seen the, the actual video. <laughs> You've collaborated with uh, artists like Odessa, and you also were on the new Bun B album along with. Uh, Gary Clark Jr. Do you think you could see yourself doing a song with Young Thug? Oh, definitely. You know, I feel like with any artist, like, you know, I can just adjust to their vibe and whatever vibe, you know, they, 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 you know, they want me to do. And so I'd love to collaborate with Young Thug. I mean, because on your newest album, there are shades of Usher, um, like 2000s body rolling R&B, like some sort of moodier stuff. Like, yeah. And then there's also Beyond is nearly a country song. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. I, I get what you're saying around the your style can kind of move around to, I mean, fill different pockets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, and that's the fun thing. How much does your personal style play into this? Like, I mean, like the things that you wear, because I know that you 
were starting out kind of doing costuming things that are sort of like for in, in dancing classes where you were kind of into Gene Kelly and Fred Astaire, you know, like where the, I guess the wider leg trousers came from and, you know, the, the knit polos and mm-hmm. whatnot. But when I saw you at your recent show in Los Angeles, you were wearing overalls. How integral mm-hmm. are these swerves to this new direction that you're taking? Yeah, you know, I, I have a a phrase that, you know, I like to say, and, you know, it's just like, you know, change it up on these hoes. And, <laughs> I love and, that. And, that. and that's the thing is like, you know, you kind of just keep people guessing um, while still like maintaining, um, you know, the, the, my, my style. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I just, I, I feel like in the beginning, my style was very traditional, I kept it to suits. Um, and then now it's like evolved and, and the pieces that I wear, yes, the pieces that could, you know, it could be vintage pieces, but like the way that you put them together, um, it can, it comes off as more of a modern, um, thing or maybe just like timeless. And, and so like, that's what, um, I've been trying to do recently within my fashion. There was a photo after um, the after the show. I think it was I think it was John Mayer took it. By the way, he that guitar solo he did was nuts. Um, the picture that he took of you <laughs> yeah. uh, in shirt like shirtless in the overalls, and then like the tattoos. Like what were the the like the initial reactions to those? Because the forearm stuff is definitely new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy because like when I first got into the game, I didn't have any tats. And I'm very proud of, of my, of where I'm from. And so on my forearm, you know, it says Tejas, which is Texas. And then, um, and then I also have my mother's name on, the, on, on my other one. So it's all stuff that's very special to me. Yeah, that was a funny moment. Like, I'm just like chilling and like John Mayer like pulls out this camera out of nowhere. And I was like, whoa, okay, <laughs> Mr. Photographer. Um, and then he snaps a photo, which is, I was like, okay. And he, then he threw it up on his page. It was just rad. Yeah, you're, so you have your, your mother's name on your forearm. I, as, as a person who also moved to Los Angeles and got a bunch of tattoos, <laughs> how did she take having, you know, this, <laughs> this massive forearm piece? Uh, because my mind personally said that when I went home, she was just like, all right, sleep outside. <laughs> exactly. No, nah, my mom gave me a pass uh, because I put her name on it. <laughs> but like, I remember, I remember when uh, I got my first tattoo, which was like the state of Texas with my area code on my um, arm. And she was like, you could have at least got an, an angel. <laughs> that's, that's pretty funny. So, I mean, like this is a, this current life that you live is, is much different than it was even three years ago. I mean, like, what does it look like now? Is it mainly just touring are you on the road all the time? Yeah. So now, you know, I'm on a almost two month long tour for, for the Good Thing album and, and everything's been great. I mean, but yeah, that's been consuming most of my time is, is doing that. Yeah, it's been beautiful. I got a great band. And your profile is also rising. Like, how are, how are you adjusting to having so many more eyeballs on you all of the time? <laughs> Yeah, it definitely makes me a little bit more anxious, but, but it's awesome at the same time because like, from my perspective, like, it's hard to see 
how much of an impact, you know, and, and, and my music is doing. I, I don't look at the numbers, you know, I don't, you know, I don't play close attention, close attention to that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but it is awesome to see that more and more people are, are getting on to, to my thing. And, and that's my whole, you know, I want to bring funk and, and soul and, 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 and country and, and, and my Texas thing to the forefront. So when you are finally able to get off tour and you are able to go back and start working on new stuff, like where do you think you might push your sound? Like in what direction? I really um, been, been digging on this band called Kurungbin and, and they're on tour with us right now. Mm-hmm. I kind of toss some ideas around like, with with uh my management and, and uh we were discussing like it would be awesome to collaborate with Terrace Martin on on some stuff. But I feel like the next project it needs to be um just it needs to go in a direction to where it's a little bit more jazz elements and, and psychedelic elements and and just way more way more funky and, and I and I think that's what the next album should be with those with those jazz elements and the funk elements and the psychedelic elements is it going to be that throughout or are you going to return to the well of like country and soul or are we are you going to push it like fully in that direction man i I don't even know yet (laughs) (laughs) um it's like i got so many so many ideas and and i want all of that Mm -hmm. um i don't know what that looks like you know, but I, I've been like writing a little bit, but yeah, I, I feel like this, this second, my second album, good thing. It's a good way to just show people like I can exist in any genre and, and still maintain my integrity. This third one, I want to get a little bit more focused and, and, and a little bit more cohesive on it. Well, thank you very much for joining me looking forward to the new music i hope the rest of the tour goes well and i also hope that you can find a good cup of coffee in missoula pretty soon <laughs> thank you very much i'm i'm, I'm on a gonna be on a quest to, um, <laughs> to find that <laughs> all right leon thank you very much and thank you very much for joining me all right man have a good day Coming home to your tender sweet love and you're my one and only one The world needs a bit of taste in my mouth, girl You're the only one that I want Alright y'all, we're gonna take a quick break This episode is brought to you by Miller Lite Look Summer is technically over, but it's still hot as hell in Los Angeles. And wouldn't you like to drink a light, great-tasting beer? Well, Miller Lite is the great-tasting light beer. With only 96 calories and 3.2 grams of carbs, that's fewer calories than half the carbs of Bud Light. So there's really nothing to talk about. If you have a real argument, let me hear it. Until then, stick with Miller Lite. Miller Lite, hold true. And now I'd like to talk to you about another one of our sponsors, YouTube Music. We've all found ourselves down a rabbit hole in YouTube. There's so much music to discover there. You can spend hours exploring new songs and artists. And now there's an app to make it all so much easier. YouTube Music is a brand new music streaming service, combining everything you expect from a streaming service with the magic of YouTube to bring it all to life. YouTube Music makes it easy to find the music you're looking for. Official albums, singles, music videos, live performances, even covers and remixes. 
Don't know the song's name? Search by lyrics. It's that easy. The YouTube Music app gives you recommendations based on taste, location, and time of day. You can easily find the music trending around you, no matter where you are. And with YouTube Music Premium, it's even better. Get ad-free music that plays with the screen off or while other apps are open, finally. Enjoy music whenever you want it, however you want it, even when you're offline. Download the new YouTube Music app today and start a free 30-day trial. Then enjoy music for $9.99 a month. Terms and restrictions apply. YouTube Music, it's all here. All right, and we're back. And this week, we brought on my colleague Lindsay Zolads to do something fun. We're going to talk about recommendations, things that she has been listening to recently. I know No Name and also Christina the Queens, which I had previously never heard of before. Lindsay, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm good. How are you? I am good. Can we start with Christina the Queens? I would love to. Okay, so what is the what is the elevator like? So we are riding in an elevator together to mm-hmm. the floor of the WeWork, and you are telling me about Christine and the Queens. What is the the elevator pitch? Um, the elevator pitch that I wrote down in my notes with a question mark is queer Heim. <laughs> question mark. <laughs> queer um, so like, if Heim was more queer or just queer in general. Um, Christine and the Queens is the sort of solo project band of a French woman named Eloise Letissier. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, it's her sort of synth pop 80s throwback uh, project that is also just all about meditations on herself and her sexuality and her body and on this um her second record, we can talk about the first, but mm-hmm. on this new album, Chris, she's sort of embodying this more masculine persona and playing around with gender in really interesting ways. Um, but also the songs are just really catchy and fun and emotional, like synth pop torch songs. So that was probably a long elevator ride. Well, we that, took, but, it was. But, but that's my pitch. But okay, so if the second record is, uh, you know, like more this kind of, you know, chest thumping macho vibe or whatever, or this synth pop record. What was, how does that differ from the first? Like, what was the, like, what was the overall feel of the first album? The first album, um, well, when it was, re- so I think something interesting to mention about her too is she's a bilingual pop star. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the songs, there's a French version and an English version. So if you're looking to bone up on your French, also a very good. <laughs> recommendation to listen to can like learn something while you're (laughs) rocking out um but that so that album was released first in french um and then came out in 2015 in the states in sort of an anglicized version um and it was sort of similar synth pop but maybe a little bit more emotionally vulnerable um songs about just confusion around her life and identity. One of my favorite songs on that album is called Tilted. That has a really fun video of her doing this very conceptual dance with a bunch of people. She's a really good dancer too and movement and all sorts of choreography is really integral to to her stage show too and, and her music videos, which I would encourage you to check out. But Tilted was the song that really 
got me hooked a couple years ago and I've been really looking forward to this record. It totally delivers the new one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's like a really good sort of pregame for the new Robin album that's going to come out <laughs> later uh, in about a month too. Like there's definite Robin vibes that I get from from Chris. And yeah, she just has a lot of um, a greater familiarity and a lot of emotion to these songs. And they're just, it's been my like walking around fall music past couple of days. <laughs> but you did say that the the album kind of like delivers on the promise of the first, but there's usually like an exact moment where you're just like, okay, this is the new great Chris song that I was waiting on. Is there a moment like that for you on the new album? So one of my favorite songs in the album is, um, I think it was the second single off the record. It's called Doesn't Matter. And it's really catchy, but it, it's also a song about sort of overcoming depression and anxious thoughts. Even in the chorus, she says something about like suicidal thoughts, but it's a catchy song. Hmm. <laughs> so I think it really embodies the tension of there's a real deep current of emotion and kind of the emotion of being a queer person and a misunderstood person in the world, kind of an outsider, um, but then find, finding this really triumphant spirit within um, to overcome, you know, the obstacles that society has placed on her. And I think that's just a really cool driving force in her music that comes through a lot more clearly and more viscerally and muscularly on this record than it even did on the first. So. Highly recommend, Chris. That is a ringing endorsement. Muscular <laughs> is not a is not usually a word I would use to describe pop music, but now I'm very intrigued. Awesome. Um, you were also listening to or have written about actually on uh, theringer.com, great website. Um, My favorite. Love <laughs> <it>. <laughs> uh, the No Name album, Rue Twenty Five. Yeah. Um, before we get into it, I have a question for you though. Mm-hmm. Did you ever do spoken word poetry? Oh my god, no! <laughs> <laughs> really, never, not once. never. No, that that was not a part of my journey. What about you? <laughs> uh, I am. You know, we we're not talking about me. We're talking about you. I. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there has to be a reason you asked that. <laughs> no, felt very personal. No, no, but I, I'm just saying that because um, No Name's style, you are you describe as this kind of spoken word thing, like the kind of the voice in your head telling you can or can't, or things are as bad as they seem or not that bad. It's just kind of like you described it as a come again flow, which I thought was really poignant. Hmm. Yeah, I, there's something really, uh, it's almost like the internal monologue in her head. That's how I hear her lyrics and her music and that it's sort of, it feels very personal, very intimate, sort of inside jokey at times, but it's also just really, again, really vulnerable. I think there are, um, I'm just really (laughs) into vulnerable music right now, (laughs) this fall. Um, But yeah, I just, I find her voice to be so interesting in its delivery and so expressive in 
the way she's saying words, you you can almost hear her like laughing and smiling at certain times when she's rapping, which I think is so evocative and cool. Uh, and you do just get this sense of um, like she's confiding secrets in you or something when you're listening to her music. Yeah, it's I to that quality the the thing where she it feels like she's laughing at her own cleverness i think that my favorite record on this album right now if i my arm was twisted to choose one would be window um, empathy was empathy only when you was into me kiss me back to save you happy happy this song ain't even about you where she's just like you think the song is about you laffy duck and it's just like she says laffy duck to her to herself and kind of <laughs> giggles a little bit uh-huh which i really enjoy also it's the i mean so the last the last project she put out was telephone in 2016 and this is another like self-produced self-funded record and it's just exactly like the the logical progression from the album that came out two years ago, but like mm-hmm. just so much more musically accomplished. Yeah. And like you said, she she's completely independent still. So she is a she's coming out of the same scene as Chance the Rapper, um, who had a somewhat similar trajectory in just even when there, I'm sure there's been label interest in her and she had a lot of buzz around her. But she was like, no, I'm going to put this record out myself. I'm going to fund it myself and just do it completely my way. And I feel like that's something she probably picked up from being in the Chance world and kind of seeing that example from him. But, you know, it's very few artists stick to those sorts of guns these days. And it is it is easier to kind of compromise and get, you know, sponsorship here and there. And I think the fact that she is resolute and staying independent um really speaks to her creative spirit and just what is so unique about her and how she's really unwilling to compromise her vision which feels like a rare thing these days what about the basic through line of this album like what would you say if you had to choose one thing that this album was about and it's about many things there's Mm -hmm. things about you know uh, mental health. There's also the, I mean, like some kind of techno paranoia on there. There's <laughs> on prayer song. She says, "Come and get your happy and your new titties." Like, there's yeah. a lot of things going on. <laughs> well, it's I that line, and I think the the through line is about her moving to LA from a somewhat sheltered life in Chicago. Um, the song "Window" that you mentioned is I. There's a background singers kind of saying like go find yourself and she launches on this journey to move to LA and kind of grow up she's she's admitted she was kind of like a late bloomer in a lot of ways and she started having sex later than some people like lost her virginity in her 20s and now is like having this sort of sexual awakening on the record that I think is really charming and and kind of interesting and how honest she is about it, but yeah, I, I see it as kind of a coming age, coming of age record and a like moving to the big city record. And one of my favorite moments is I think the song Ace, where she's just, it's kind of caught up in this excitement of when you move to a new place and all the things you're doing and, 
and sort of trying new things and becoming a new version of yourself. And there's a part where she's like, she's like, vegan food is delicious. Hear me out, though. <laughs> it's just really funny. I'm just writing my darkest secrets. Like, wait, and just hear me out saying vegan food is delicious. Like, wait, and just hear me out. Like, it's so kind of the things that you would try and and to and the cliches you embody when you like move to a new place and get really hyped on it. But there's at the same time, there's, um, you know, some loneliness and homesickness and just feeling exploring the connection that she feels to Chicago, which obviously um, is, you know, just a place that she feels so rooted to both in how she grew up um, in the artistic scene and just her family life and everything like that. So I think it's, yeah, I see it as sort of a, a coming of age tale um, with a lot of humor and pathos and thoughtfulness and just pure no name. <laughs> um, but there's, again, there's also a lot of the, her wry humor, like on the, on the album opener, uh, self, she says, my pussy wrote a thesis on colonialism, which is, a, <laughs> is, I guess, you know, one of the, one of the funnier things I've heard recently. Um, yeah, and it's in the context of like she's sleeping with some rapper, and then his bar got better <laughs> because of you know <laughs> the reverse osmosis. I don't know. I don't know what you call that, but anyway. <laughs> um, what is your favorite song from this record? I think my the song that kind of hits me the most in the gut is "Don't Forget About Me," mm-hmm. which is sort of a meditation on death and just difficult thoughts, depression, missing home. Like I was saying, just there's a kind of undercurrent of homesickness in this record. Secret is I'm actually broken. I tried to raise a healer kneeling at the edge of the ocean. Somebody, somebody said it saves lives. Who holds my hand at night? I think the glass half full. Who bring me back to Inglewood? I shouldn't bleed this good. It's, it's one of those songs that really just feels like you almost like take a breath with her the the sheer honesty of what she's revealing to you and and it feels like things that you would only say to your closest friend if that and I think that's just a quality of her music that I love and that is really hard to achieve in a genuine authentic way and she really found a way to pull that aesthetic and that mood through like very different tones very different feelings so the whole album feels Like, it moves through all different emotions and just feels incredibly human. Well, Lindsay, thank you very much for, first of all, teaching me about Christine and the Queens. I'm (laughs) going to go watch some music videos. And also for talking to me about No Name. I really appreciate it. Yeah, anytime. All right, that's all we got this week. Thank you so much for listening. Special thanks to Leon Bridges and Lindsay Zolads for stopping by. Shout out my producers, Zach Mack and Bobby Wagner. Don't forget to check out our playlist that we will be updating every week with the songs that we're listening to. A link to that is in the description. Also, please rate and subscribe if you like the show, but please, only if you like the show. We really appreciate it. Peace. See you next week. Peace.